Welcome to the Messy Walk Podcast with Pastor Adam Cook, where our goal is to have a genuine and authentic conversation about the Christian faith journey and what a messy walk with Jesus really looks like. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hey everybody, I'm your host Steph, here with Pastor Adam. Welcome, welcome. And welcome to the Messy Walk Podcast. We're glad you're here. We are so glad you're here. This is episode 143, and we're in week five of our series, I'm Offended. I'm Offended. We've been talking through spirit of offense. Um, Steph and I uh, realized you know, several weeks ago that we struggle with the spirit of offense. Like We've been realizing that for a long time, but, yes. um, and we thought that would be something cool to talk through because we struggle with having a spirit of offense, so... Um, if you want to know where we've been, you can go back and take a look. Um, week one of this series, I don't know what episode it was, like 138 or something like that. Um, week one, we gave some like diagnostic tools, some questions we got from a blog um, that my wife has made me follow, uh, peacefulwife.com. And uh, anyway, um, it, it, she gave these awesome questions, I think it's like 25 or 30 of them to help you determine whether you have the spirit of offense. Um, and basically, the spirit of offense is the fact that you feel constantly um, you feel like everything's personal towards you when somebody does something says something whatever you feel like you need to correct other people things right Um, you just you just are constantly like offended on a personal level by other people's actions personal politics interactions with people all these various different things right and um, and so me and Steph had talked about the fact that for us it comes up um, by really taking things personally when it comes to people we love and care about, people that are close to us, right? Um, which then causes us to be annoyed, start fights, start arguments, feel slighted, right? Feel mm-hmm. like feel like you're uh, being, you know, that there's a lack of justice. You're not being treated fairly, not being heard, all those kind of things. And, and then, of course, also not just with people that we love and care about, but then people closer to us, workplace settings, friend settings. All those kind of things. And we've struggled with that personally. So we're just sharing that through the podcast. And so that first episode helps diagnose it. And then we talked about uh, the biblical language with regard to offense. We talked about the Hebrew word and the uh, Greek word for offense and what those things actually mean so we can understand what's happening. And uh, then we started diving into, which we'll continue today, we started diving into like, what does the spirit of offense do? Kind of where does it come from? So we talked through the fact that it uh, causes division which is the opposite of unity. And so that's a big, big problem mm-hmm. for us as Christians. It may not be a big problem for the rest of the world, but a lack of unity is a big, big issue if you follow Jesus because Jesus's last prayer on earth was that we would be unified and have unity and not have division. So that's a problem. Um, and having a spirit of offense naturally causes division among people, families, churches, work groups, all those things. And actually who's actually causing the division is not the other person. It's usually us, the ones that are carrying the spirit of offense around because we're allowing it to separate. Um, we're taking the bait That's as, true. The, as the word is described and defined in the scriptures. And so then we talked about the fact that it causes um, anger, which then leads to hatred, mm-hmm. right? Um, you end up hating, you end up being so mad because you're so offended, and then that ends up to actually, you actually end up hating that person or those people, Groups of people, excuse me, all kinds of stuff like that. Um, and we talked about it. It also comes from a spot of self righteousness. So all, all, all having a spirit of offense is is really self righteousness. 
I think I'm better than whoever else it is that I'm dealing with. That's really what it is. It boils down to, and that's kind of nasty, kind of ugly. I don't like to say that stuff about that's myself. Hard to hear. Yeah, but when you when you start to analyze it, that's really what it is. Yeah. And, um, and so it, it it doesn't require changing the other person's perspective or point of view. Um, it requires changing yours, and that's the whole point. And then today, we're going to jump in probably pretty quickly. I don't know how long this one takes us, but um, we're going to jump in and talk through another thing that the spirit of offense does. And so um, best way to say that is it opposes or it casts off love. In other words, a spirit of offense and love are incompatible. And so impossible for you and I to love someone, treat them with love, think of them with love, whomever it is, while also at the same time harboring a spirit of offense, right? Which is which, that's true. Which makes a lot of sense because that's yeah. what the enemy's doing with the spirit of offense. He's sowing in you um, something that's going to cause disunity and anger and hatred, and it's basically going to take away love, right? And so even if it's somebody who you wouldn't have a close relationship with, you just got to be amicable and you got to get along, Um you still, to, to be a Christ follower, effective Christ follower in this world, you still have to love them, right? Yes. Um, because that's the mandate on Scripture. We want to love people like Jesus loved them, even the ones that get on our nerves, drive us crazy, we don't agree with, um, we vote different, whatever it may be. Um, we communicate different. We still want to be able to love them appropriately because we're Christ followers. And so... Love and the spirit of offense—they clash. They don't go together. They're—they're they're incompatible. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like oil and water. You can't mix them together um, at all. So, you know that's a—that's a big issue. Um, my wife just called me in the middle of the podcast. Did you guys hear that go off? We're not going to stop though because I don't want to. So, um, anyway, <clears throat> that, so that's that's kind of what we're going to talk through today. So the best way to do this, I think, is to um, go to First Corinthians thirteen, which is a quintessential scripture. Um, on love in the scriptures, right? It is, it is probably the most famous verse or set of verses. Oh, that's a chapter, um, but of Paul, right? The most famous verses that Paul has. And um, we're not going to read it. We just kind of want to walk through it piece by piece. You know this scripture because you've probably heard it at a wedding. This is like wedding scripture 101 all the time, even though it has nothing to do really with um, love between a husband and wife. It's talking about love in general. Right? Yeah, you know, uh, love is a big picture item, which can be between anybody, and then also uh, with and and back and forth with God. Right. So, this description of love has these just amazingly personal ties to. Um, you can look at it and read it as how God loves us, and of course that sets a tone and example for how we would love other people. So it's not really a wedding scripture at all. It's just a, it's just awesome and beautiful. It's mm-hmm. absolutely stunning. Um, it's considered one of the most beautiful pieces of written literature ever, um, and it's from the Bible. Um, so you know it's way up there with you know with poetry and in certain certain books and things like that. Man, it's just extremely famous. Um, so First Corinthians thirteen describes love in a bunch of ways, bunch of things. Um, so we'll start off with it. Ta- it says that it's patient. Love is patient. Yeah. Um, how how do you do with patience, Steph? I think I can always work on it. I find that, that it's it's harder with your loved ones for real. Yeah, because you go ahead because you let your hair down, right? You be your yeah. own. Yeah. Um, I personally, I'm a very impatient person. Hmm. Always have been. Not much has changed with that. Kids have helped that some, 
getting older has helped that some. Um, being with somebody who's actually quite patient helps that a lot. Yeah. Although we clash a lot because I'm constantly impatient about things. You know, I don't want to wait. Um, I just said this today. Somebody we were talking about. Um, uh, so, lady that cuts my hair. Her name is Samantha. She, Samantha and I actually known each other since like elementary school. We rode the junior high school bus together. Um, anyway, um, she was she went to New York with her daughter. And uh, just recently, and I asked them, did they go ice ice skating at Rockefeller Center? You know, Mm -hmm. Um, and she was like, no, we saw it. We looked at it, but we didn't we didn't end up doing it. And I was like, well, me and Valerie were there. It was like a three hour wait. And I'm not waiting for anything for three hours. I wouldn't wait for a million dollars for three hours. Like I just I'm so I'm so impatient. Um, You know, it's just me. And. What we see is that if we if we have a spirit of offense, it's going to be extremely hard to be patient with other people, right? It's going to be real hard because you're just annoyed. You're just at at, at minimum you're annoyed, right? Yes. So it's going to be really hard to be patient with anybody. So it so it it opposes this first little descriptor we have of love, uh, this little adjective we have of love of being patient right off the bat. Because if you're constantly offended, annoyed, irritated. Um, taking everything personal, you're never going to be patient, right? That's yeah, the first one. That's true. The second one is kind. You know, you've heard the scripture: love is patient, love is kind. Um, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, right? So, um, you've got kind. How are you going to be kind to somebody if you have a spirit of offense? I mean, it's pretty hard. Yeah. Like I think, I think at best, when we carry the spirit of offense, so I'm thinking about myself in my in my home with my wife, typically and kids. Because that's where my spirit of offense has manifested most. And it's manifested there, and it's manifested behind the scenes that nobody knows about but me uh, with certain people in the church. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and so for me, it's like kindness. If I am offended, if I'm walking around, everything is this personal slight in my home. You know, my wife is – if I'm looking at everything as that's disrespectful to me as a man or as a husband or whatever, maybe was a father – it's going to be real hard to be kind. At, at the very best, what I can do is I can be uh, quick and succinct, but I won't be kind. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you'll just answer the question, yes, no. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like it's just short is the word, yeah. right? You'll be really short. So, I mean, it's impossible to it's impossible to be authentically kind if you're offended. Yeah. You know? I mean... And I have a thought on that, too. Like, there's a difference between kindness and just being nice. And sometimes people are nice even though they don't want to be because they're trying to preserve their reputation, you know, things like that. Absolutely. And, you know, you can – like, I think that that everybody, whether they're a Christian or not, should be nice and appropriate, right? Um, Yeah. Especially in a workplace setting or anything like that. Everybody should be nice. It's a difference between that and being kind – and while non-Christians can get away with just being nice, Christians can't. It's so true. We're, we're supposed to be actually kind. Um, and there's a big difference. You're right. There's a big difference between being nice and kind, being appropriate. You know, there's a difference between um, saying thank you to whoever hands you your Starbucks drink and actually looking at them and going, hey, thank you. You know, it's the difference in going, hope you have a good day, right? Just yeah. because you're supposed to because that's the nice thing to say. Versus actually meaning it when you say it, you know, and the demeanor that comes across of being kind. It's almost impossible to be kind for real if you're offended because you're going to be walled off, 
right? You're going to be, you just, your body language is going to give across. I don't want to talk to you, even if I say the nice thing back. You know, your tone is going to do the same thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just impossible to do that. And in my household, I found this a lot. This is what ends up coming out that I'm not kind. I'm short. I'm quick. I might say the right thing, um, but I'm definitely not kind about it. You know, I'll, well, I'll even get in a, me and Valerie even get in an argument, and I'm, I carry my spirit of offense so deep that I will say, I'm sorry and completely not mean it. Just say it because that's what I'm supposed to say in the moment. That's being nice. You know what I mean? Right. That's being yeah. nice. Instead of actually pausing and going, no, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, let me mean what I'm saying. Um, so you, you can't, it just doesn't go together. Does that make sense? Yes. I think they all like this does not envy, does not boast. Right. We'll put those two together. Okay. Meaning you're not walking around envious of what somebody else has, wanting what they have. Cause that's what envy really is. Envy is, you know, I secretly, and sometimes not secretly, I want what you have. I think I should have what you have, and you shouldn't have what you have, right? <laughs> you know, I should have this, and you shouldn't have it. And then boast is, is similar, right? You're not sitting around talking about how awesome you are, how awesome things are. Because in what you're doing when you boast is you are also immediately putting someone else down. Yeah, and right? you don't have you, to do that. Because you have. Yeah. If you're boasting, you it's just happening naturally. Right. If you have to, if you're boasting about yourself or your house or your car or whatever it may be or how much work you accomplished, you're that there's a natural comparison that's happening, whether you say it out loud or not. Yeah. Competitiveness. There's something being compared to. Because why would you need to say, well, I got mine done. I finished mine in three hours or whatever it is. If you weren't automatically in your head, at least comparing to somebody who didn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. And <laughs> and those are the people who are like we don't care what you what you did in three hours. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> Good for you. You need a gold star. <laughs> gold star for you. Here's a cookie. Um, but you know what I mean. Like th- those things don't go with love. You know. You know when somebody is. Yep. You know what I mean. You know when they are like this, envious, boastful, whatever, and you know that that is they're not loving you when that's the case. What you're really doing when you're envious and you're boastful. And the spirit of offense, I think, causes this. You're really loving yourself. You're not loving anybody else. Yeah. You know, you're 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 platforming, you're pedestaling yourself instead of somebody else, and definitely not Jesus. You know. Yeah. Um. All right, and then also then it says is not proud goes along with boastful. Does not dishonor others. Um. So love is going to is going to honor other people, even if you don't like them, even if you disagree with them, you're going to honor them. So. You know, how do you honor someone? Well, you treat them kindly. You respect them. You respect the position that they have. You don't talk about them behind their backs. You know, you don't you don't sit around and seethe. You don't you're not sitting around going, Oh my God, they're so irritating, they're so annoying, right? Done that. That's that's what love is gonna love's gonna honor instead. Yeah. Um, makes me think of makes me think of the marital relationship. Maybe because I've used this at like a hundred weddings. Um but you know, the 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 vow between husband and wife is about honoring. Right? Yeah, it's it's honoring each other and it's honoring God, and that requires us to be to lay ourselves down. Right, the only way you can really honor someone else is to is to lay yourself down. Yeah, um, you know what I mean. Like if we're gonna honor God, it's us being in our right place, God being in His right place, and so to honor other people, you've got to actually back off of yourself and honor them, and so. You know, love is not going to dishonor anybody else, but offense is con- offense is all about dishonoring somebody. 
And would you say that would be speaking well of others and trying to assume the best of them? I do. I yeah. do. I think I think most of honor is not visible, right? Most of it is in the background. You okay. know what I mean? Yeah. Like most because because you know what's if you're honoring someone in the background, then the little things will come out in the foreground. But most of this stuff is like you just said; it's not thinking bad about them. It's constantly rearranging. Let me rearrange my thoughts. You know, let me let me give them the benefit of the doubt. Most of the time, you're giving somebody the benefit of the doubt. It's never they never know it. You know, you're just doing it in the background. But yeah, I do think that that's the case. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not self-seeking, right? We've talked about this through kind of a little bit through all of these, but it's not about you. You know. Love is not going to be about you. And if we think about this verse in terms of, you know, the way that Paul is writing it, in terms of Jesus, I mean, we see Jesus is not self-seeking at all. Like, it's he's he's laying down rights that he absolutely has, and he's picking up responsibilities. Yeah, what's you know? that verse? It's no greater love than a yeah, friend that lays, lays down, down his yeah. life. Or, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, you're, and that's what he does. That's what he shows us. And, and me and you talked about this on one episode. Like, Jesus has the right to have a spirit of offense if he wanted to. That's and right. And yet he doesn't. Like, he lives perfectly. He could have been offended with every single person he interacted with and probably been correct, but yet he does not, right, because he's choosing love instead. That's another reason why you can see these two are incompatible. Mm-hmm. And then self-seeking part is not love, because if love is God, if God is the simplest definition of God, is God is love. Yes. Right? Simplest definition. And if God is love then we know that a spirit of offense that makes us self-seeking cannot be, right? If if God is love and Jesus is the direct representation of, of God on earth, right? If you want to see what God looks like, if you want to see what God acts like, you look at Jesus. Yes. And if Jesus himself is not self-seeking, then we know self-seeking would go with the spirit of offense and it wouldn't go with love. They, they don't go together, right? You cannot seek things about yourself. Um, and then it says it's... Uh, not easily angered. We already covered this one in an episode, um, but love doesn't get mad easy. It means it's. It means once again, it's patient. It's long suffering. Yeah. Right. Long suffering is a good word here. Um, you see that in certain scripture um, translations. Mm-hmm. But long suffering is a really good one, meaning it's just gonna. It's not gonna get mad at every little thing. And I can say. I think it takes work, too, if you've come from a household where there was a lot of anger. Yeah. Because you'll see it playing out in your own self, and you have to really, like, try to correct it 24-7. Yeah, I agree. And I worry about that with my kids because I am – I have been, especially in recent years, very easily angered. Mm -hmm. You know, one little bitty thing, and here I am yelling or, you know what I mean, or or losing my temper over something that's stupid or, you know – making something big when it's really not, you know what I mean? Um, and I worry about them, me setting a tone, obviously, for them to get ticked off by something small so easily, where they'd have to be like what you said. They'd have to really work really hard not to be easily angered. Um, mm-hmm. Love's not like that, right? Real love is it's long-suffering. You're going you're gonna to intentionally, love intentionally doesn't get mad at the little stuff. You know what I mean? Intentionally. Yeah. Love intentionally says, he said he was going to do the dishes, and he didn't do the dishes, right? And so love's going to go, but I'm not going to get mad at him for that. I'm not going to let anger come into our household or whatever it is. You know what I mean? That would be love. A spirit of offense would be, he didn't do the dishes. He said he would do the dishes. He never listens to me. He never does what he says he's going to do. He didn't, you know, he doesn't do what I ask him to do. You immediately take it personal. You know what I mean? That's right. Right? 
that's and that's why these things look so incompatible because they just yeah. can't go together. But love is like, you know what? They had a long day or yeah. they they might have something on their mind. Let me check on them or you know that's what I mean? that patient encourage them. Patient, long suffering, um, not easily angered peace, right? Mm-hmm. It's the maybe there's something bigger. Maybe there's something I don't know. Which or maybe is they're a, just getting to it later. Right. <laughs> maybe and maybe they did forget. Yeah. Because guess what? Humans forget. Yeah. And we have too. You know That's what I mean? That's a good example. Like, yeah. Like we forgot, we forget all stuff all the time. Like there's been so many times where I've gotten so irritated about her because she forgot this or didn't do this. And immediately I have completely forgotten about all the times. I mean, tons of times where I have forgotten everything she said do or asked me to do or we're supposed to do. You know what I mean? Those, those kind of things. This just happened this other day. Um, I asked her in the morning, did Aiden take his basketball stuff to school with him and she was like no we forgot and then I said did Madeline take her dance stuff and she's like no we forgot and then I said back well why did we forget you know what I mean which was a crappy way to say it and I didn't mean why did we I meant why did you yeah you know and it was this insinuation of I wouldn't have forgotten why did you forget and it caused this animosity because it's like what she ends up feeling back from that is not love she ends up feeling back from that the opposite of love. She ends up feeling back from that that I don't think she can do anything right, or you know what I mean. Or yeah, I that's think true. That I think I get it all right and she doesn't, you know, which is ridiculous. Um, and you know, we had to we had to work through that. And I was I was stupid. I shouldn't have said that or done it or thought it. But it really came from, you know, a a point of self righteousness, right? Yeah. Even though I only can't tell you how many times I've forgotten to dance bag, you know. And she's had to run it here, or run it there. You know what I mean? So just a stupid example. But um, it says uh, it keeps no record of wrongs. That's hard. Yes, for man. For so many of us. I mean, love is basically, I mean, you, and this is, the, this is the beautiful part of this verse tied to Jesus. That's the whole point, right? Like mm-hmm. you and I have a sin record that just never stops. I mean, you know. Oh, yeah. You ever seen the illustration? I, I used this illustration one time. I preached with it one time. Stole it from somebody. I think I stole it from Francis Chan, um, and he probably stole it from somebody else. Do you remember the old computer paper um, that had the little perforated things down the edge? Yeah. And when it went through the printer, it was all tied together. Like it wasn't separate pieces of paper. Like it fed through and you yes. had to tear them, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And it was a box that sat down there, and the box had like thousands of pieces in it, and they're all one big piece of paper. Well, I stole this from him, and I think I used it one time. I may have used it in a different context, but... Like if you took all your, if like, it's like, okay, in front of God and him looking at all the things we've done wrong, it would be like you grabbed one of those pieces of paper and it just kept going and going and going and going and going and going. I mean, it's just like thousands and millions and trillions of things. You know what I mean? That's sinful for us. And yet what we have in Jesus is an atonement, a payment for those sins. And then scriptures say multiple times, a casting away of like the East from the West, the sins are as far away as the east is from the west. They're as far away as the the depths of the ocean floor, right? Like your transgressions are on the depths of the ocean floor. Like that's how far away these things are. In other words, God keeps no record. In pure love in Jesus, God keeps no record of our wrongs. That's the that's what we're shooting for as Christ followers. And so we can't sit around keeping records of wrongs. Yeah, and um, I honestly have to remind myself of that quite often because mm-hmm. sometimes something will come up from the past where someone I used to be friends with or something, and I'll start getting like kind of hurt about something. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I am keeping 
on to something that I need to let go of. It's it's done and over. You know what I mean? And they have they've changed as a person. I've changed as a person. It's not right. You know, to keep record of what they did. It's you know, really, it's not it's, right. It is so ridiculously self righteous that it isn't funny because it's you, hard. Would you want them to keep a record of everything you've done wrong? You know what nope. I mean? And I, here's like I'm gonna be real transparent. At least a dozen occasions over the last I don't know since I had an iPhone. So. 10 years, right? Somewhere in that range. Something um, like that, yeah. Something like that, right? I, I'm pretty sure that Valerie and I got our first iPhone when the church was about a year old, maybe two years old. So about 10 I remember years. when y'all got iPhones. About 10 years. What's funny is, is we still have one of them. It pops up because the kids play with it. It doesn't work. The kids play with it. It's like an iPhone 4S. Yeah. Right? And it's, it's little. It's so small. It's so small. Um, anyway, I since then, I have with my wife... I have used notes on my phone to keep a list of the things that she said to me that I didn't like, like in a fight. No. At least a dozen times. Darn. Where we get into a fight, we get into an argument, I'll say some stuff, she'll say some stuff, we go our separate ways, you know how that is in a fight, right? Yeah. And then I'll go to my phone and I'll write down, she said I was selfish, she said I was self-centered, she said I was this, this, this. I even write down like when she said something like she cursed at me, she said I'll write it down. And like literally keeping a record of wrong, which all that's doing is showing how much a spirit of offense that I have, that I feel like I need to document the ways in which you mistreated me. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's right. But I don't feel any need to document the ways in which I mistreated you, right? Yeah. Right? Because let's be real. Whatever she said I wrote down, I guarantee you I said and thought 10 times more than she said. Exactly. But I, I get, I get what you mean. None of that stuff. You know what I mean? It's it's because you have this. It's this spirit of offense that comes up. It is the enemy driving a wedge as easily. I mean, as much as he can, and it's really easy for him to do. Mm-hmm. Right? Because it's just like, how dare? Can you believe? Can you? you I'm, I can almost feel the enemy saying this to me. Can you believe that they would talk to you like that? Can you believe that they would ignore you like that? You know, and it just starts to well up inside of you, and then all of a sudden you're keeping this record. Now you may not keep a like you may be listening, thinking I'm a psycho because I kept a written record. But if you got a spirit of offense, I bet you're keeping a record in your head. You're keeping a record on your heart some too. Sort of, yeah, some sort yeah. of record, right? You may it's not, not right. be you not be psychotic like me to write it down. No, not psychotic, you know? just petty. <laughs> petty. Yes, yes, and pettiness is an example. That's Pe- true. Pettiness is. A spirit of offense. Yeah. Like like all these ones we just said, petty would be the opposite, wouldn't it? Like mm-hmm. keeping no records of wrong, the opposite of no records of wrong, love, would be petty and mm-hmm. keeping a record of wrong. So like every little thing. It's actually it's actually kind of messed up. Like I just recently went back through my notes. So I had to find a note that I wrote for something, and I scrolled down, and I was like, what the heck is this? And I opened it up, and it was like three years ago, and it was this me taking notes on stuff Valerie said to me in a fight. How'd you feel when you read it? I felt like an idiot. Like I felt, right. I, I, you know, I'll tell you what I, I get it. What I honestly felt like was at first I felt like, oh my God, what a bad husband. Like, why would I do something like this? I took vows that I would not do that. You know what I mean? And then, then I started, then it starts to get deeper. Then you start to go, what if God did this to me? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, exactly. That's right. Like not even just what Valerie did this to me. Like, what if, I mean, and it just it pushed me, and I think this is a good thing. It pushed me to my need for Jesus, right? Yeah, my desperate need for Jesus. 
And anytime you lean into your desperate need for Jesus, you're leaning into this very love stuff that Paul talks about, which is what's going to end up defeating the spirit of offense, which we're going to talk about in the next episode. All right, so we got a couple more. Um, does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. We can put those together, mm-hmm. right? Not sitting around going, putting your hands together like, you know, like you're the Grinch at Christmas time, <laughs> right? So excited that somebody has gotten what they deserved or. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know exactly what you mean, yeah. You know, you're sitting around going, well, you know, you got it. It came your way. You got it. You know, I'm That's glad. What you get for being a jerk. you get for being a jerk, right? Um, what you get you, it's what you get for being a know-it-all. It's what you get for being a, a kiss butt. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. um, it, but instead is going to rejoice in the truth of things, right? Instead of, instead of you know, being all happy about evil or bad things. And it says, always protects, always trusts. Always hopes, always perseveres. Love is protecting. It is trusting. That means that it is looking for the good all the time, and trusting. You know, not just that God's in control, but trusting that that um, God's working in that person's life too, and that God is good, and trusting in the person's goodness. Um, always hoping. Right? There's not just feeling hopelessness. Like spirit of offense makes you feel like it's a hopeless situation. This ain't never going to change. You end up thinking spirit of offense makes you think things like um, that person ain't ever going to change. They're always going to be like that. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. no hope whatsoever. And then always perseveres, meaning it's always pushing through. Always push through. And see, what having a spirit of offense wants to do, it makes you quit. Yeah. It makes you quit on the relationship. It makes you quit on the future. You may just be quiet about it. Like maybe if this is in your workplace or a school setting, you may not you, – you end up going, well, this is, this is what it is, and it ain't going to get no better. That's quitting. Yeah. Right? Versus persevering and going, nope, God's good. His mercy's moving. Things are going to get better in the future. You know, this might just be a season. That's a, that, when you talk about seasons, that's love persevering. Right when you act like things aren't going to ever get better, that's quitting. That's the spirit of that's coming from a spirit of offense. Gosh, that's so hard. It is so especially. Hard. I'm going to use an example. It's hard, especially when you feel like a relationship has changed in your life, and you've done everything you can to try to help it, and it just feels like they're not giving back. Yep, and they're just quiet, and then you're like. What did I do? Yeah, what did or I do? Do I just need to leave them alone and let them live their life? It's hard doing that, persevering. Yeah, it's, it's hard. Persevering like Paul actually talks about perseverance quite a bit. References it a lot and it's like a key it is a key key piece of what um real faith and maturity looks like. So you only get, you know, as as Paul, when Paul talks about running the race that's set forth, finishing the course, right? Um, every, these multiple things, it's constantly going back to this demeanor of perseverance and that where you actually mature in your faith is by continuing to just push forward, push forward, push forward in every area of your life. You know, don't quit. Don't quit. And try not to quit on anything. It's okay to put up a boundary, you know, in a situation, but it's not okay to give up hope and it's not okay not to keep pushing forward, you know, if the opportunity presents itself in those relationships or situations. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so what we're trying to say, I guess, through that scripture, and we talked about it to death, is <laughs> that offense cannot coexist with love. It's, it's, it's absolutely impossible for it to exist. You cannot take a spirit of offense and put it beside all those things about love and expect them to operate together. It won't work. Um, and so if there is a 
truly, you know, if there's true godly love, then offense will not be able to ensnare you. So if you're trying to push towards, I want to love like God loves, I want to be like Jesus, then the bait trap for offense won't grab you. That's that's the hope, right? Um, but I mean, you can't be naive. Can't walk around going, "Well, I'm a Christian. I can't. I can't fall for the spirit of offense because you know I'm a Christian and I have love." No, no, don't be naive. It can still trap you. It can still bait you right in, and all of a sudden you're there's a lot of Christians who yeah, that's true. There's a lot of Christians who have a spirit of offense, and they claim that that spirit of offense is them actually being loving and godly. They've just taken the bait. You know, they're just taking the bait. Um, and so what we've got to do is we've got to be rooted and we've got to be grounded in Jesus as much as possible, be as close to the cross as we can. The more you will pay attention to, and this is for me, like I, I was just talking about like when I saw the note on my phone or whatever, the more you will pay attention to and get closer to your own sin and the cross, your desperate need for Jesus because you are a despicable, glory-thieving rat, the closer you'll get to that, the more you will love other people and you won't be as offended by their actions, words, thoughts, deeds, whatever it is, because you're, you know, it, it Jesus talks about this, like you got to get to, you got to get that log out of your eye before you can go fool with somebody else's, right? The whole point is, is if you'll pay attention to what's in your eye, you won't have anything but love for the other people around you because you realize how sinful you are, right? Which then curbs you being offended by what somebody else would do. You know what I'm saying? Does yeah. that make sense? So. That's what we're talking through. Um, love and a spirit of offense are incompatible. And so if you're like me and you have let this spirit of offense kind of mess up your marriage and relationships, it's got to go because you're not going to be able to love effectively. And especially if you're a Christ follower. Look, if you're not a Christ follower, I guess you can have all the spirit of offense you want to have because there's no real there's, – there's no – I mean, it's not going to be good for you in your relationships. You're going to be miserable. Right, but there's no higher power in your life telling you that this is incompatible. Um, but for us as Christians, it doesn't go together. Can't carry the spirit of offense and walk in the spirit, in the fruits of the spirit, mm-hmm. you know, in the gifts of the spirit, which are all rooted in love. You can't do it. So that's all I got. Well, it was good. I think so. I feel very convicted. I do too. Yeah. I feel I'm going to go through my phone and make sure I don't have no more notes in there. Yeah, delete them. <laughs> Got to get rid of them. Got to get rid of them. And delete the deleted. <laughs> <laughs> Dump the trash. <laughs> Got to take out the trash. All right, we'll be back next week um, with the last one of this series, right, Steph? Yeah. I yeah. think that's right. Yep. The last it one of this the series. Last. Wow. Um, where we'll fast. talk through like how to actually deal with this thing. So now that we've dissected it to death... We'll talk about how we can actually do some things to start to remove this thing, get rid of it. Yeah, um, buckle up, y'all. Yeah, get ready. It's going to be good. All right. We'll talk to you next See time. See you later. Thank Bye. you. Thank you for joining us on the Messy Walk podcast with Pastor Adam Cook. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. Have a good day.